sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour you'll find them at the back of the range and here's your host ben adelberg and once again welcome to the back of the range i am your host ben adelberg this is episode 292 once again i am back out on the road this time well i am in familiar territory my home away from home sea island georgia no it's not another jones cup it's the johnny o collegiate kind of sounds the same but no it's the johnny o collegiate rutgers is the host there are several great teams here from all around the country kansas Notre dame ohio state memphis cincinnati just to name a few Really should be a fun week to see what the college players do here on the Seaside course. Remember, I was just here a couple weeks ago. The best senior amateurs in the country competed at the Jones Cup Senior Invitational. Now it's time to see what the Flatbellies can do. So I've been letting you all know that there have been some pretty exciting things going on behind the scenes here at the back of the range. And finally, I'm ready to announce one of those things. As you all know, I've been traveling to more and more golf tournaments over the past couple of years. Last year was no different. Last summer, I went to the Dogwood. I was at the Northeast Amateur, Palmetto, the Western. It was a busy summer. Well, around that time, I connected with the great people at the Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey, the host of the 122nd United States Amateur Championship. I was even able to go up there for the USAM Media Day and play both Ridgewood and the Stroke Play Companion course, Arcola Country Club. I knew that I'd be providing some social media content during the U.S. Amateur, but I started getting an idea. What if we tried to do something a little bit bigger, something that resembles the long-form content that I create here with the podcast? Photos and short videos on Instagram and Facebook are great, but as you all know, they can kind of get lost in your feed in the weeks after a tournament. I wanted to do something different. I wanted a new challenge. And the U.S. Amateur is the biggest stage in amateur golf. So last August, I brought a small film crew to New Jersey to film what would eventually become a six-episode documentary telling the story of the 2002 U.S. Amateur. We captured the history of both Ridgewood and Arcola. We highlighted the best amateurs in the world. And a little of what goes on behind the scenes from the USGA's perspective. We captured footage from the day before the practice rounds all the way up to the evening when Sam Bennett walked out of Ridgewood with the Havemeyer Trophy as the new U.S. Amateur Champion. Lots of early mornings and late nights, but it was an incredible experience. When we got back and actually saw what we had, well, we filled up a two-terabyte hard drive with footage. You're not sure how much that is? Go look it up on Google. It's a lot. And then the work really started. Have you ever tried to make a movie? Yeah, me neither. So I started writing and writing and writing. Fortunately, I was able to bring in some great people that I I think still consider me a friend. Still not sure about that. But after several months, we're finally here. And I'm excited to announce that we have started rolling out the first episodes of what we're calling The Story Within the 2002 United States Amateur Championship. These episodes are available on YouTube. The easiest way to find them is, of course, go to thebackoftherange.com. 
Now, there are so many people to thank for all their hard work on this project. My team, my friends at the USGA, my new lifelong friends that I've made at Ridgewood and Arcola, and especially the players. I'll be dropping the names of some of these great people in the upcoming episodes here on the podcast, but for now, go enjoy the documentary, and please feel free to reach out and let me know what you think. Shoot me an email, ben at thebackoftherange.com. One of the players that was featured in episode one is my guest this week at the back of the range. Tommy Cool is the senior leader of the University of Illinois men's golf program. He was recently named to the Haskins Award watch list. His team just came off a massive win at Southern Highlands in Las Vegas. They leapfrogged many of the top teams in the country in the final round, and they are finding their form at precisely the right time as we get closer to the postseason. Tommy is an Illinois native, one of the nicest guys in college golf. We spoke about his start in the game, the unique culture that has been built around the program by coach Mike Small, and the one amateur title that still eludes him that he wants to capture before making the move to the pro ranks. And it's not a tournament that you might immediately think of. Let's jump into this episode right away. Tommy, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You are you are most welcome. It is uh how can we not start this episode by making uh you know references to the fact that your last name is cool. Does that I mean that that just happens way too often, doesn't it? I mean, is it, it does it ever get old? Does it ever get creative? Do I have any chance at all? Oh, we there's some people, you know. Everyone says, "Oh, your last name's so cool." Um, but you know, I kind of just roll with it. I you know, it's one of those things I, I feel like sometimes I don't really realize how good I have my last name and, but, um, it's definitely unique. Yeah. You could be Adam Shank. I mean, you could be that. That would not be, uh, I don't know. I, I, I prefer cool. Over yeah, the I Shank would say word. so. Yeah. I don't know. How we that... keep that away from our, uh, vocabulary yeah, in the well, golf world. That's, that's, that's a bad word. Yeah. I'm, I still don't know how that guy got into golf with the last name Shank, but that's, <laughs> that's another episode. We're going to focus on you. You are just recently uh, arrived back home in Illinois after, man, a big, big win at Southern Highlands. The team picks up the win. I mean, other than Georgia Tech, the final round, Illinois really the only team that reached double digits and under par. You jumped over Texas, Pepperdine, UNC. You pick up another top five. We'll get into that because you're collecting those uh, left and right. But, you know, for people that aren't super familiar with college golf, this this is a very important tournament. I know that all tournaments are very important, but this is really, you know, the, the beginning of March is really when the teams make that final push towards the postseason. Talk about this massive win in Vegas. Yeah, it was a great win. Obviously, um, the field was stacked. That's always an event every year that we look forward to going to just, you know, with the golf course and Vegas. You know, everyone loves um, going to Vegas. I know talking to the players. Um, it's just one of the best tournaments of the year. And, um, going into the week, we were just really excited to compete. We played a smaller event to start the spring and got the win in Alabama. Um, but, um, no, it was just a great week. We came from behind that final round and, uh, really came together as a team and, um, played some Illini golf that last round and just wore some teams out in tough conditions. All right. So let's talk about what, what do you consider Illini golf? our mindset on the course is just not to give stupid shots away. You know, we like the grind. We like the wind. 
Um, we embrace the conditions and, um, you know, we don't complain out there. I like to say that um, the culture coach creates around this program is a blue collar program. Sure. Um, you know, we just are a bunch of competitive guys that um, just love the challenge of golf. You know, we know that golf is a hard game and we accept that. And, you know, we just go out and have fun and play for each other. And I think that's what we did that final round. We kind of all gelled at the same time, got off to a good start and uh, kind of rolled to the end. Well, we will definitely talk about your coach, uh, Coach Mike Small. People aren't familiar with him. We're going to get into that a little bit later because there's always a good story there. Now, you're back home in Illinois getting a little bit of rest. I think your next tournament is the National Invitational back out in Tucson. So you're heading back out west again to Arizona. Now, this all tournaments are important. I mean, at this time of the year, every every time you tee it up, there's, there's a lot on the line. But this one is very unique because – I mean, fair to say that the reason or one of the main reasons that this tournament is on the schedule is because the national championship is in Arizona in May. You're going in, obviously, trying to win, but has coach talked to you about like what the goals are that week as far as not just performing, but also getting acclimated to conditions that you're probably going to see later on in the year? Definitely. And I think that's a big part of um, why coach is good is because he picks our schedule based on you know, what we're going to encounter the rest of the year, you know, going out West, especially for a team in the Midwest, we don't get out there much. So it's good to get out there, um, feel, get a feel for the elevation, how far the ball goes. Um, and I know we have a couple guys that have never played desert golf or even been out West. So, um, it's good for them to get out there before, um, we hopefully reach that goal, come the end of the year at nationals and getting there but um it's just a beneficial week you know it's during our spring break so we actually get to go out to scottsdale the week before um play greyhawk play a couple of the uh local courses out there and just get acclimated to um the conditions so it never hurts to get some reps in out there and you know get a feel for how it's going to play now, so Vegas, obviously a little bit different than, than the desert in Arizona, but just for reference, like, can you maybe give me an example of like, you know, some stock numbers for you, not to get too into the weeds of, of details and, and yardages and spin rates, but, you know, give me an idea of like what, a, what's a stock six iron for you, um, you know, in Illinois, just, you know, hitting balls every day at the facility. And then what are you dealing with when you get to um, Vegas? How does that change yeah. for you? It's it's actually crazy how different it is out there. And I'm a feel player, so I don't get too into the, you know, numbers too much. A lot of guys when we got to Vegas got on Trackman, sure. um, got a feel for the elevation on Trackman with five percent, ten percent what it was. Um but for example, my six iron in Illinois goes about one ninety, one ninety five. Um and out there I played about five percent. Um, obviously it was very, it depended on the situation, you know, you had to factor in uphill, downhill, wind elevation, and that's where the feel for the game comes in. You know, um, sometimes I would play at 5%. Sometimes I would play it a little more just depending on how I felt. Um, but that's, what's so difficult out there is just, you know, just getting a feel for that. And I don't think a lot of people really understand how far the ball can go out there. Um, 
especially coming from the Midwest, it definitely takes some adjusting for sure. Yeah, I've, I mean, there are so many great programs in the country, but, you know, it's hard for me to be entirely convinced that a Big Ten team or an SEC team isn't at a, they're at somewhat of a disadvantage when they go out to the desert. I mean, there's just, there's just no way around it. Totally. And I mean, that's, I, I agree. It's just, uh, it's different golf out there. And for the teams out West, they're used to it. They have their stock yardages with the elevation, but Hey, you could say the same when they come, you know, hundred percent out to the East, they have to adjust too. So I don't know. It's just a challenge that we all have to face. And like I said, that just, that's, that's what makes the game fun is just adapting and, you know, enjoying, uh, that challenge of figuring out how far you're hitting it. Well, you guys have fun when all these, these, these big teams come back to Illinois for the, uh, for the Olympia fields event, the first one in September, because uh-huh. you, you must love that when, when the Southerners and, and the guys from, from the West coast, they come over and they're just like, yeah, we don't have clothes for this. We, we don't <laughs> like what's happening here. I mean, what's, can you, th- what's the most brutal weather you've ever had at your home tournament? Oh, we've had some pretty brutal weather. Uh-huh. We get some we get some days in Illinois, especially early fall that are pretty brutal. Um, but you know, it makes it when we go to other events and the weather's not so great, we're like, "Hey, this this isn't so bad." Yeah, exactly. And Champaign, Illinois, uh we get some wind here and it gets <laughs> cold and um there's no excuses when the wind picks up that Illinois golf can't, um, you know, can't play in the wind. We, uh, we're, we're used to it. Oh yeah. We're going to talk a little bit later about just, you know, your experience in Illinois and, um, yeah, I think you've won just about every award you can win there. Uh, I mean, as we speak, you're back to back, uh, big 10, uh, golf for the week and, you know, all Big Ten first team and sportsmanship awards and all American scholars. You go to class. I've seen it says it right here. You go to class. I go to class. Yes. <laughs> I, I think if I didn't go to class, Coach Small would have me by my shirt. Now, I, I, I think that, well, that's a good thing. You know, you are student athletes. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that from him many times. It's student first, then athletes. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, Another thing coach preaches, it's you work hard in the classroom, you work hard in your golf game. It all comes together, you know, um, habits are, uh, habits are important. You gotta, gotta have that balance. Now you are, um, you know, I've said many times on this podcast, you know, that I went to the university of Kansas. I have family out in Kansas. I'm out there two, three times a year, but you know, I grew up in South Florida and I distinctly remember wearing Jayhawk like shirts in like middle school and high school. And like, I was the only one doing it because obviously South Florida, but you know, not a whole lot of Jayhawk fans, but you grew up in Morton, Illinois. I mean, this is an hour and a half away from Champaign. Were you just basically wearing orange and blue your entire childhood? You know, my family wasn't huge Illini fans, surprisingly. I just remember as a kid, I'd come to a lot of the football games, but my family, my parents actually went to Iowa state. Both of them graduated from there. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they weren't huge Illini fans, but obviously living in central Illinois, you kind of have to be, um, an Illini fan, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of family friends, um, come to the basketball and football games. So I'd always tag along along and, um, you know, I, I feel like there was orange and blue definitely in my, uh, in my blood early on, but, um, 
my parents weren't diehard fans like a lot of the people. All right. So let me ask you this question. How do you like, you're obviously getting started in, in golf or actually what was your start in the game? Like it, there's so many different, it seems like Illinois, Iowa, that area, that's, that's kind of football, basketball country. How does someone in Illinois get into the game of golf when, you know, you're not playing year round like you can in Florida and maybe California and Texas. So, so when did you first get into golf? Yeah, I got into golf early on, but I was always someone who was very involved in a lot of other sports. Golf wasn't my main focus. Um, You're a football player. I know that. I was a football player. Um, I loved the game of football. Um, I was a basketball player. I played, you know, the travel baseball. Um, I felt like I did a lot of the sports growing up and um, golf really wasn't my main focus. And then... um, I kind of, you know, got into some junior tournaments early in grade school and kind of fell in love with it. But still then I was still playing other sports. So it was hard to um, travel and uh, compete with some of these guys who are playing golf tournaments year round, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just I feel like sometimes that playing other sports helped me even to this day. You know, just, you know, I didn't get burnt out early. And I think that is an uh, advantage. You know, some people are just golf, golf, golf from a very young age. And you see um, they get to college and, you know, they're they're tired of it. And, yeah. you know, I, I still I still think that if I weren't if I didn't play those other sports that, you know, it, it, I don't know, it could have went a different way. Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's a great point. It's it's something that. Well, also, you're enjoying, I would imagine you're enjoying that team atmosphere of college golf a lot more because it's has those parallels to playing travel baseball or football and just it, it has that because that's an important part of college golf. It, it can't just be about you. You're playing for other guys and you're trying to, to accomplish things as a team. Correct. College golf is fun. You know, the whole team aspect to it is very unique, you know, especially in the game of golf, you... uh this is really the only opportunity of team golf other than the Ryder cup. So, and I think sometimes, you know, reflecting, you're like, wow, I have it good. You know, I'm really going to miss this team aspect to golf. And, um, I'm just trying to really embrace these last couple months and enjoy it as much as I can. Cause I know, um, these are times I'll never get back. Well, you know, if you are if you're if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling optimistic about uh, sticking around the amateur game for a little while longer, if you win the U.S. Amateur, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll let you on the Walker Cup team. I just Ooh, that that is a goal. I just thought that that is a goal. Okay, all that, right. You heard it here first, folks. I just talked Tommy Cool into into uh, postponing his professional aspirations to try and make the Walker Cup team. Gosh, I'm just great at my job. I'm glad I can do that. You are. You are. <laughs> um, well, so I want to ask this. You, you start. Um, let's talk a little bit about where you kind of cut your teeth. Let me see if I have this quote correctly. You won your state high school championship as a freshman. You always knew you wanted to play at the University of Illinois, it sounded like. You told your swing coach, Country Club of Peoria Pro, Scott Brownfield, two weeks before the state championship, that you were going to win the tournament. Tommy Cool, is that true or false? That is true. Yes. That is true. Okay. Talk to me about the confidence in you at that young of an age and talk to me about Scott Brownfield at the Country Club of Peoria. 
Yeah. So freshman year, I, uh, you know, my brother actually is a golfer too. He played at the university of Wisconsin. Um, he was on the team my freshman year as well. And, um, you know, we had a really good team that year and, you know, uh, I was just, uh, you know, a little freshman trying to find my way in the game of golf. And, you know, I got hot that week of the state tournament and, uh, one individually, I actually, I don't know if you know, Jordan Hahn, um, the six foot eight, uh, guy who played for the university of Wisconsin now trying to grind it out on, on the, um, PGA tour Canada, but I actually played with him the final round of state. And I was this little freshman and he, uh, he was a senior and, um, I beat him by, I think two shots and, you know, that kind of jumpstarted my, uh, high school career. That's so, well, you had a great high school. I mean, you guys won, I think you won states twice. You, you're a two-time high school state champion. I know you won the Illinois state junior. You broke a lot of records in junior golf. Um, but again, talk to me about like, I'm looking at country club of Peoria. I love when I see elite amateurs start at places that I think that place is tipped out at about 6,300. Is that about right? It is. Okay. It is. I love that. I love, I was just talking to uh, a previous guest, uh, Rob Couture, who's a great mid-am out of Texas. He won the Canadian mid-amateur champion. He's won a whole bunch of stuff in Texas and he started out at a club that I think it's like 5,000 yards and you can get an annual membership there right now for like $600. So it's like those kind of stories I love. So what does a place like Peoria that probably doesn't have all the bells and whistles and the 7,000 yards and the massive length, you're still an elite amateur playing division one college golf and you started on a place that's 6,300. So how, how, yeah, talking about your start at Peoria. It is one of the most unique courses you will ever see. It's like you said, two, uh, 6,300 yards from the tips. Um, it's got these elevated tees, rolling hills, small greens, long rough, lush fairways. Um, and you know, growing up on that course, it was, uh, you know, you had to hit the ball in the fairway. So I feel like from a young age, I, you know, that's where, um, I learned the skill of driving but it it's funny the range there is probably 150 yards long <laughs> max love it um and if you want to hit longer shots you're hitting into the whole whole 17 so you have to be conscious of uh you know players driving by and stuff like that but you know it was <laughs> looking back on it it's it's crazy that i grew up there and um you know and like you said, Scott Brownfield, my early swing coach, he, I just remember getting lessons on that range and, you know, it's, it was just, uh, it was good times, you know, it, it, it built a little toughness, you know, having to hit off mats into a 150 yard range, but, um, it's fun looking back on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's the place where everyone knows who you are. You run all over the place, hot dogs and Cokes at the turn. I mean, exactly. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's the place you want to, uh, it's crazy too. going back now when I'm home to that course, it's like, you can almost drive about half the holes out there. (laughs) What's what's your best score? I think this summer I shot, I was on course record watch through 14 holes. I was like 10 under. Um, but I finished pretty poorly i think my best score out there is around 10 under 
Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, we got to be better than that. I take some teammates out there. I take some teammates out there, and they they rip it up too. It's like driver putt chip. It's like you don't have many long irons in the many holes. That's awesome. That kind of reminds me of uh, and actually now that I think about it, that kind of reminds me of Sam Bennett's place in Texas. I think Bennett told me that he had a there he has a similar place in Texas and I think he shot I think he has the course record like fifty six or something. Something stupid. But yeah, it sounds like the same thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you, you get through you have this great junior career, you're an Illinois guy, you're an hour and a half away from the University of Illinois. And of course at this point, uh you gotta get on the radar of some of these college coaches. Let's talk about your coach, Mike Small. When did you first meet coach Mike Small? So it was, I was in high school or no, it was before high school. I actually was, they used to host Illinois golf camps at the university of Illinois. And I remember my brother would always come to the camps. And then my cousin, um, was supposed to go with my brother. Well, my cousin broke his arm the day before leaving for the camp. And I wasn't old enough to enroll in the camps yet. And my parents called, um, I don't know if it was coach small or the director of operations and just asked if, you know, I could go with my brother, even though I was, you know, not old enough to go. And they said I could. And that was my first time meeting coach was, um, you know, coming with my brother. And, um, I remember, I think I came to three years of camp and, uh, coach small was here and that was our first time meeting him. And, from there, I just fell in love with, you know, this place, uh, Coach Small, and it went good from there. So if I understand that correctly, what I'm taking away from that is that you broke your cousin's arm so you can go to Coach Small's golf camp. Is that about right? Do I have it correct? That that was the plan all along. I, I just don't tell people that. I understand. That makes perfect sense to me. So, so Coach Small, for people that don't know, and, you know, I'm pretty good at, you know, keeping track of stats around here. Um and it's really hard when it comes to that guy. So I'm thinking we're up to now 13-time Illinois PGA champion. I'm sure he has a few, maybe three, four senior PGA champion. I mean, four-time. He's won, played in like uh, 13 majors. I mean, we're looking at two decades of that's the guy in Illinois. And that guy's your coach. And I'm sure he pulls the sticks out and he plays with you guys quite a bit. What is the intimidation factor knowing that your coach isn't just the guy that sets the schedule and uh, gives the speeches and drives the team ban? That guy could be the best player in the state of Illinois. It's it's pretty impressive what coach has done. You know, obviously he uh, played professional golf for for a number of years, grinded to get his PGA Tour card, got it, um, played in many majors won Illinois PGA championships, Illinois opens, you name it. Um, he is a hell of a player. He, and he still plays with us to plays with us to this day. He, uh, he brings his sticks along on trips a lot. And, you know, I think that's what makes his coaching so unique is he believes that if he plays, it helps his coaching. And I totally agree with that, that philosophy because he is, he knows how we feel out there. He knows how we feel over certain shots and he's been through about everything we're going through. And I think that's a side of coaching people don't see is, and, and why he's so good is that he, he just, 
he, like I said, he, he just knows how we feel. I don't want to ask any personal questions of, you know, how has money changed hands between you and coach and, and the team, but I'm sure that some things get put on the line and you guys have been on the short side of that a handful of times. Are there, does he make you run stairs if he wins, you know, wins a match or, or I mean, get, give me a little bit of what the competitive aspect is between you and, and coach small. It's competitive every day around here. <laughs> if it's chipping contests, putting contests, you know, we're playing for car washes, you name it. Um, he's would you, just would you rather beat your teammates or would you rather beat coach? Oh, that's a tough question. It's always a good feeling beating coach, but, yeah. um, it's not, it's not the, like I said, he's one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive guys I've ever met. And, uh, it's a kind of a weird interaction as soon as you beat him because he hates losing. Right. He hates losing. So, uh, and he's your coach. So it's just, yeah, sometimes like, it's a little awkward, you yeah, know? Yeah, because if you beat coach, don't be surprised if you have like the window seat all the way in the back of the plane near the bathroom Correct. on a five hour flight. You know that'll happen. Correct. Yeah, you got to be and, careful um, with that. But no, it's, it's been great. You know, he's, that's that's what I love about this place is just, you know, having him um, being a professional golfer and just that competitive aspect. And and we laugh about it, too. You know, we we try and beat each other's heads in. But at the end of the day, we're laughing about it and having fun. And, you know, that's what golf's about. This is your fifth year at Illinois, and I'm looking at some of your career stats and, you know, just kind of running the numbers. I think it's you're going to end up playing somewhere around like 135 competitive rounds for Illinois. When, at the That's end, crazy. At the, end of, yeah, at the end of your career, I think you're at about like 115, 120 right now. So somewhere in that range, 130, 140, something like that. Um, you have seen it all in college golf. And and I want to hit on a couple of topics. We've, we've talked about um, how what, what Illinois golf is all about. We've talked about there's just the culture. But like – what do you think makes it different than from other programs? You've been around all the other teams and I'm not talking about like, well, you know, you know, we're better than them or they're better than us and we have more wins. They, I'm not talking about that. Like, what do you see from other teams that is just a little bit different than what you have at Illinois? You know, I think one good, great thing coach does um, is just creating a culture around this team. And I, I, I think he'll say the same as, he creates the culture, a winning culture, you know, a, a group of guys. He, he sets the standard high for us and he expects a lot from us. And for some people, you know, that's hard, but yeah. it's, it's just, you know, you have to perform every day. You have to show up, work hard. And, um, like I said earlier, it's just a blue collar program. There's not a lot of excuses around this place. If you, if you're complaining and, you know, wanting things done for you, it, it's, it's not going to work out well, you know, it's uh, you got to earn it every single day and um, come in with that attitude of I'm going to work hard. I'm going to compete and I'm going to have fun doing it. And, you know, I think that's what I see with other teams. And, you know, the difference with us is just we're uh, we set a standard high and, and we, and we uh, go by that every day. You know, if that's how we treat people, how we work in the classroom, the weight room, um, our practice, um, everything just seems to be done professional. And I think that's what Coach has done just a, such a great job of is um, setting that standard very high. 
what did you struggle with as a freshman kind of getting your feet wet not just act, you know there's a lot to balance you go to college I don't care if you're a student athlete or just coming in as a regular student there's a lot to balance new you know new friends new surroundings classes now you add an now you add an athletics there's another piece what did you struggle with as a freshman that now as a senior you're like oh yeah that's no big deal this is an easy week or, or this is just routine what what were your struggles early on Oh, there were a lot. <laughs> there <laughs> were a lot of struggles. <laughs> yeah. No, but coming from junior golf and, you know, a small town in Morton, Illinois, it's it's just a different adjustment. You know, I came from, um, like I said, a small town to a big university, a big level golf program, a high level golf program. And it, there were just a lot of adjustments that I had to balance, um, you know, living on my own, um, you know, it's just, just a lot of different things that, that went into it. And it was hard. My freshman year was tough. Um, and, and we had a pretty solid team that year. You know, I came in with Michael Fiegel's, uh, yeah. a couple of really high level players and I, I wasn't ready for it, to be honest. I wasn't ready for, um, Illinois golf. Yeah. It it was a huge adjustment. And then you basically have progressed and had a, had a fantastic career. Um, what are, what are parts of the practice routine that were ingrained in you as, you know, just being a part of Illinois golf? What are those things that you, that kind of you've adopted into your practice routine that, then you're like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? This is terrible. I don't understand this. But now you're like, oh yeah, I, I see the rewards from that. That makes perfect sense. Like for for me, when I played in college, those hundred like hundred three footers in a row after mm -hmm. practice, I would just be like, this is so mentally draining. Like I'm just gonna knock these in over and over and over again. And then you get to 80 and you're just like, okay, now I'm thinking about it. Like what what are some of the things that like coaches ingrained in you? early on that now are paying dividends yeah well one of the biggest things i've learned is i used to work I, I mean i still do work really really hard but i used to just think if i worked hard i would get better my practice wasn't efficient i'd right. be out here practicing the wrong things and i learned i gotta figure out i gotta have a plan when i come practice and if that takes me eight hours if it takes me two hours um you know i gotta have a plan i gotta have a purpose and I think early on in my career here, that's something I really didn't have. I'd come in, get the time in, but it wasn't efficient time. Um, and that's one thing with practice that I think I really learned. Um, and also, like, just some of the drills coach sets up, it's, they're <laughs> tough. They're hard. He, he's, he's famous for these uh, short game drills he calls gauntlets. And uh, usually it's about five shots around the green. Um, and you have to finish the drill in one under. So there's been times where I've been out there for weeks trying to get these drills done. Oh my uh, sometimes they'll take you hours. Sometimes they'll take you weeks. But um, I think that's his intent behind it is to frustrate you. And um, you have to it, – it's a, it's a drill that carries on into golf and the mindset. And, um, you know, just certain drills he sets up, there's always a purpose behind it. And uh, – you know, it. you look back on those drills and you're like, during them, you're miserable. But in the long run, you're like, this makes sense. I understand where he's coming from. And um, I've just seen big improvements in my game because of those drills and the mindset you have to have for them.
that's got to be a really great feeling. Probably, probably nobody watching either when you're out there and you find. Oh, no one. Yeah. No one. And usually, well, usually you, when you're on the last hole, say you're one under, you usually have to have someone watching you. So you have to call a friend in or call coach and just have that, have that added pressure. Um, but you should see some of the reactions on some of the guys on our teams when they finish these drills. It's, it's pure joy because you're out there for hours trying to get it done. And it's all right. So, it so, all right, so I'm, so I'm, frustrated. I'm fascinated by this because I'm just picturing the facility like late at night or like a random day. And you're what? Okay. So you're saying it's like a five hole gauntlet. So you get through the four holes and you have to stop and find someone and like, Hey, come yes, watch usually. Me. All right. So walk me usually. through what's the latest one that, that comes to mind. Um, this, this, our last fall, we actually had one, um, in the back of our facility and it was, it was like a flop shot, a little pitch, a bunker shot, a side hill lie. And I just remember it took me forever to do. And it got to the point where, I mean, all our guys are doing it. So the spike marks are crazy on the green. Like you're, you're at that point it's just luck but you got to get it done so um i just remember coach was there when i had a putt to get it done and i went crazy i was just like i'm done with this <laughs> threw my hat in the air i was like but it, it they're fun they're fun and it creates a lot of laughter on our team and uh like i said they're just uh they, they create that mindset the just the grinder mentality of we got to get it done have you been the one that had, I'm guessing this is kind of like validating. Have you been there to watch a freshman try and get through the gauntlet and be the senior looking over the freshman shoulder? I have. Yes. And <laughs> it's funny. Cause a lot of these, a lot of these shots he picks, you have to have pretty darn good technique to get it done. Oh yeah. And, and you know, that's his intent behind it too, is if you're struggling with the shot and you do it a hundred times, you're going to have to come up with a solution how to do it. If it's either flop it over the bunker or chip it through, you know, you just got to get it done. So over time you'll figure out what works best for you. And um, it's, you know, seeing some of the freshmen do it and um, it, it, it can get very frustrating. Yeah. Well, but that's the time where you you gotta you gotta kind of tough them up a little bit, but also you gotta be supportive. It's that must be a very unique experience for a senior because, like, man, I know what you're going through, but like, it's not gonna we're not letting off the hook. You gotta get this. Done. Yeah, exactly. And then on that note, another drill we do is we actually do this every week, every day. Is we uh, in our indoor facility when it's cold out, we have a bunch of holes. We each get a four footer. Um, and we putt at the same time. Each of us hit a four footer. If we all make, we rotate and we'll put like a number on it. We have to get it done in 20 tries, which seems like not a lot, but it, it is very difficult. We're, there's some, some days we're in, or some days we're in there for hours trying to get it done, but it's another thing. Our team, our team comes together. We're like, let's do this. And, uh, we grind it out. Well, I, and again, this all, I guess this all comes down to the fact that like, okay, we're, we're doing this in practice. We're trying to, uh, you know, toughen everyone up because at some point you never know who you're going to need to make a four footer to exactly. Yeah. And you want to be able to, and there, 
and there's been numerous times on the course where I'm like, where I have a full four footer. I'm like, heck we do this. I've hit hundreds of putts last week. I got this just, you know, that's when you fall back into your practice and are like, I got this, you know? Yeah. How do you, so. how do you're probably, I guess if I'm looking at numbers and, and a lot of players this, this spring semester, this actually just this year, you have to be one of the most consistent players in college golf right now. I think your worst individual finish this year is a T15 at Isleworth. I mean, you have, and everything else is a top five, including Southern Highlands where you came in third. College golf is so, we've talked about this, it's so difficult when it's just a lot of travel. You have classes, you have just all this stuff you have to balance anyone can get hot, you know, especially like a 36, 18 tournament, you know, you get that putter going and you feel good. And if you just catch lightning in a bottle for two days, you can pull off a win or have a high finish. How, how do you stay consistent over such a long time to just keep racking up these top fives? What is, I mean, obviously the practice, but like, what, what do you think is maybe one of your keys? I think one of the biggest things is just up from a mindset standpoint and just, I think when I struggled early on, I didn't really know myself and my golf game and my strengths and my weaknesses. And now I'm just getting a better feel for the game, a better feel for how I play, um, the the level mentally of where I feel comfortable. And I think that's kind of why I've been consistent, you know, looking back and reflecting on those finishes. Um is just knowing myself and my game, to be honest. Yeah. I think I think at this level, everyone can hit the ball. Yeah. Three hundred yards down the middle, three twenty down the middle. Hey, even hit I their four. Exactly. You know, everyone can hit their four irons to the strong side of the green. Everyone can, but it comes down to the little things, and um, you know, not three putting, getting up and down. Um, you know, not giving away stupid shots. And I think that's kind of what I put an emphasis on this past year is just cleaning up those little things and having that grinder mentality of, you know, I'm never out of a hole if I have a good short game. Yeah. And um, I think that's what what's led to my success is just um, just grinding it out out there. I need to come to the practice facility at some point and just be a spectator for the gauntlet. I just figured, I think that needs to be a trip. I need to come up and just, uh, you know, get a beach chair and, you know, just a nice you know cup of coffee and just watch yeah. guys try and get through the gauntlet. And, and it's, it's always the worst too, when you're like one of the last guys to get it done, uh, you know, everyone's getting their other practice in and uh, you're like, Oh, I want to go hit balls, but oh. you're over there trying to just, grind it out and you're miserable but you're like okay this opened up a whole new thing so coach locks you down and says you can't do anything until you get this done well he doesn't lock us down but it's kind of a thing like if you don't get it done you kind of just are like it's just not a good thing to do Uh you know it's just not a good look and it's more of like a a personal thing like for me if i were to just leave the drill and never get it done, I wouldn't feel good about myself, yeah, you know? Yeah, that, that, I could see that. Wow. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I got to see if I can talk to Coach Small. It, it's, uh, it's, it's pure comedy. Some of these, uh, some of these reactions on, on the guys on our team and, you know, you'll have a chip, say you're even par through four holes and you have a chip to get it done and you lip it out. The, the reactions are priceless. 
Pure comedy. All right. I got to talk to coach. <clears throat> excuse me. I got to talk to coach small and see if I can get some, some behind the scenes access. Cause this, this does sound like fun. I mean, not for you guys, but I would, I would love it. You know, I mean, hey, it's, it's fun. You, you get, you got to enjoy it though. Even though it sucks. It, <laughs> if, if you, if you make it miserable, that's when you're out there yeah. just going through the motion and you find yourself out there for a couple days a week at a time. <laughs> Have you ever, oh my gosh, if you, I can imagine you guys like doing gauntlet drills, like at a tournament and you're like on the chipping green and someone makes it and just runs around. Like all the other teams are looking at you guys like, what the hell is going on with Illinois? And they're like, you don't understand. It's, they're doing I want to say, actually, it's funny you bring that up. I think coach said a story one year of, it was regionals at Purdue and they were like in sixth place going into the final round. And they did this little gauntlet on the chipping green or the putting green or something. And uh, I think it wasn't as hard, obviously, as what he sets up here at the facility, but it was just like six up and downs in a row. And the guys were out there, I think, until dark, if if I hear the story right. And, you know, they went out the next day and um, played well, got in regionals, and that's when they made the run for the national championship. So, but... Well, I know you guys are going to be going after that uh, again this year. Um, so let me ask you about Vegas one more time. Massive win. Now we don't we don't endorse gambling or lewd behavior here at the back of the range. We are, you know, you are upstanding athletes here at the University of <laughs> Illinois. Um, you know, this is a business trip to the state of Nevada, and you got it done. But that being said, let's have a little fun at your teammates' expense. Who is most likely to absolutely destroy a free buffet in Las Vegas? Pearson Hunt, that kid, <laughs> that kid can eat. That kid can eat. I love it. No hesitation whatsoever. Um, all right, this is a dangerous question. Who is most likely to come back from Vegas with a tattoo and a story about it that's even better? Matisse Bassart, new transfer. Wow, you're yeah. throwing these Belgian kids under the bus. I love it. He's a character. He's been a good addition to our team, and uh, we always joke around with him because he just is. Uh, He's a little forgetful with some of the things he has. He, he loses his wallet a lot, and we always joke around with him. So um, if I had to pick one person, I'd say he'd be the one to show up. And you're like, dude, what what do you got on your arm? Tattoo from Vegas? There's always one guy like that, I think, on every single college team that just can't see. There's always some. There's something missing. There's something lost. They're, they can't find this. Can't. There's always one guy exactly and he hates when we joke around with him about it but we're like dude it's only gonna it's only gonna make you better you know if we joke around with you more you won't lose it as much it sounds like he's the guy, i mean is this the guy that would like leave a wedge on the range back home and then shows correct up? yeah see there yeah 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 there's i think that's always always one of those guys on the team yeah there's a guy. and not saying i i've been there at one point but yeah. i've gotten better yeah can't find the hat you know shoes are gone just just there's there's always someone on that team yeah exactly i think if i remember right rachel keen is it rachel keen or jensen castle one of the one of them left a club on the range uh, during uh um nationals or something i can't remember but there's one on every team and and on the women's side as well so well, before I get you out of here, let's talk a little bit about amateur golf. I know that, uh, you know, the, the collegiate career is coming to an end. Um, can't stay at Illinois forever. Um, Got to move on, do something. I but wish. I, I wish I, I could. I know. Well, I mean, we were talking earlier about how much you love amateur golf. 
And I know that, um, you know, just these tournaments that you get to travel around the country and just host families and, and just the, the hospitality and the competition, just amateur golf is, is <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And the way we were talking about it, you're not exactly excited to, to get away from it and go to the professional ranks. Like, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, amateur golf is just, is just one of the most fun things, you know, as, as a player, you know, we, we almost have it too good, especially in these elite amateur series, you go, um, you play unbelievable golf courses, you get to travel to cool places, you get to meet great people, stay with great host families, eat great food. It it just doesn't seem like it gets much better, you know? And, um, I think as, as I'm about to move to my professional career, I'm, I'm for sure going to miss it. Just, you know, building the relationships with all these guys and shooting the shit with them is, is something special. And, um, you know, it's amateur golf. You're only in amateur golf one time in your life. And I think, uh, a lot of people, you know, don't look at it that way. It's, it's, you know, some people make the quick jump to pro golf and, then once they get there, they're like, wow, I really had it good. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a great, great time. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Cause like, you know, a lot of guys, even now, like in college golf, like you're, you're 25th in PGA tour. You right now, I'm sure that's going to, that's going to bump up a bit after your, your work at Southern Highlands. But I see some guys that seem to have one foot kind of already in the pro ranks you can kind of tell that they're kind of leaning and thinking about what's next for them and they're missing out on those very final experiences as an amateur and sounds to me that you're you're like (laughs) you're like yeah that pro thing's gonna happen well i'm guessing the dream of being a professional golfer has somewhat changed since uh, you know the last couple years with live and uh, you know elevated events The, the the ramp to to get to pro golf Yes, there's different avenues, but it's it seems like it's getting a lot harder. Totally. And I, I always say professional golf is always going to be there, I believe. Yeah. You know, like I said, amateur golf only happens one time in your life. And I really don't think there's any rush to think about professional golf right now. You have to start planning for it, but you have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize that I only have a couple more months in amateur golf. Might as well enjoy it. Yeah, you know, to the best best I can, because uh, as we were talking, it is um, so fun. We get to play incredible places. What what's the tournament that you would most like to win as an amateur? And, uh, and, and I know that's, that's a, a t- I know that's a tough one. I mean, most people I know would go like, "Oh, USAM," but you're a Midwest guy. Uh, that's got this. Yeah, obviously the USAM and stuff would be incredible to win but you know one of my biggest goals in amateur golf that i haven't reached yet is to win my state am um yeah it's it's crazy to say but um i had a chance to win last year i didn't close well on the back nine and that was really hard for me um and that was actually kind of the turning point of when i started playing pretty solid golf was from that event if you look at my results is i got second there and then um, the Western Am was a couple weeks after that played good there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, believe it or not, the state Am I've there's, especially being a golfer from Illinois. And, um, I just feel like 
you know, there's people on that trophy like Nick Hardy, DA points, you name them. Um, and it's just always been one of my goals to win that tournament. So maybe if I stay am this summer, depending on how this season pans out, um, maybe I'll have one more shot at it. That's awesome. Um, I absolutely love that because, you know, you know, I mean, you know all about Wagger and points and rankings, and you know that the Illinois State Am is probably not helping your Wagger at all. You're losing. Not at all. Right. So even if you win the the State Am, your Wagger is going to probably drop, and you don't care about that because you want your name on that damn trophy to be a State Amateur champion. Correct. Yeah, I remember this summer, the power, the the power was pretty low on Wagger, but it's one of those tournaments I just enjoy playing every year. And actually this summer it's 30 minutes from my house. So um, we'll see what, what the future has, but maybe I'll have one more crack at it. Like I said, that's very cool. That's very cool. I really, that's, I wish more players were like that because I know that it, it's, I mean, it's tough. I understand that it's a challenge. You want to get into certain tournaments. You want to move up. You want to make yourself eligible for certain things. You have to be cognizant of, of your wagger, but I, it's also unfortunate that some of those, um, you know, some of those players don't get to play in their state golf association events. And, and that's a shame, but um, yeah, it is a shame. I'd love, see, I'd love to figure out a way, like I, I'm sure other people have had the same idea, but I, I think I talked to Hagestad about it a while back. I think there should be one tournament a year that an amateur can play in, where they don't get docked on Wagger. Uh huh. Don't you, you don't gain, you don't lose, you just stay the same. But you can say, you know what? Just this, this is a a non-Wagger event. I want to go play my state am. I want to go play, um, you know, the the state match play. I want to go support the state golf exactly. association. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. And I, I feel like in amateur golf, especially like all these state ams, like they're not getting great feet. They're not getting some of the top amateurs in them. Right. Because, you know, and it's, it's just, I mean, I, I feel like it's an honor to win your state am to have your name on that trophy. And, um, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. It's, and especially as a top level player is you like, yeah, you it's hard with Wagger, you know, some people protect their Wagger, but I don't know, just some of these events are, are pretty low power and it can affect you if you, even if you win, Yeah, which I mean, is, it's crazy because winning's hard at any level. Exactly. Yeah. You, you should not be uh, penalized. And again, I just, I really think that, I mean, I remember Thorbjornson played in his, his mass state amateur um, a couple of years ago, I think. And he was, yeah, and he beat, he beat Scott Harvey. Is no, that? No, he beat Parziali. Per, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I remember they had a good match. Yeah. And like, that's awesome. You have a U.S. It mid amateur awesome. champion against a U.S. junior amateur champion in a, in a state amateur. That's, that's the stuff you want to see. Exactly. So, uh, what else are you looking forward to this year uh, or this summer or this summer? What else are you looking forward to this, uh, this spring? before uh, getting into the postseason how's your basketball team i haven't i haven't kept up oh basketball team is pretty streaky we got we got some big wins um we've also lost a couple games we should have won but um we we all enjoy going to the games we actually went to the game last night um and uh you know we're our team's pretty involved in going to all the football and basketball games so we enjoy that but 
more than anything, you know, these last couple months, I'm just trying to, like I said, take it all in, um, enjoy these last couple months with, with my teammates. Um, I think we can really do something special this spring if we put our heads together and, you know, kind of all, um, dwell on this, uh, this goal we have of winning a national championship. So I think when we put our heads together and kind of all share that same goal that, um, it's pretty powerful. So we'll see how it pans out. But like I said, just trying to have fun and enjoy this, uh, last ride. Tommy, I'm going to let you go. Um, before I do, oh, wait a minute. Do you have any questions for me? Let me open the floor for, for you. Do you have any questions for me before we get out of here? Uh, I just want to know how your golf game is. I know you're traveling a lot, Tommy. But and I hear I hear you're a pretty good stick, but um, I haven't been able to see it in action. Well, so well, I, I will curious. I will tell you um, that I recently uh, got on a TrackMan for the first time in a very long time, and I will tell you honestly that you and I have the exact same swing speed. Really, I'm not going to tell you what club I use and what club you use to achieve that same swing speed, but I, we, you and I have the exact same swing speed. I mean, I might be hitting driver, you might be hitting four iron, but we ah. have, we have the same swing speed. So really, that um, my game is, uh, it, it's it's smoke and mirrors, it's band aids. Um, I don't I don't play that much. Um, I got to play a couple holes uh, yesterday at Seaside. At uh, I just wrapped up here at the Jones Cup Senior, so I went out and played a couple holes and didn't uh, didn't embarrass myself. But I I just don't get a chance to play. Is there any goals of playing in any tournaments? Is there any like motivation pushing you I, to be like, hey, I want to pick this back up? I know you're busy, but is there like? I, I think that there. I, I think my goal is to try and keep playing a little bit here and there over the next few years and then really kind of getting serious when I get ready to play senior amateur golf. Yeah. I just don't think it's, there's not much to do when you're in your mid forties. Yeah. I feel that. And I see these 26 and 27 year olds that are coming out and I'm just like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not going to be a good time. That. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard game too. When you're not being able to practice every day and, yeah, I just want to yeah. be able to, like, if I show up early at a tournament and I have my clubs and Illinois is out there in a, in a practice round and I come out and hit a couple shots, I don't want you and your teammates to look at me and be like, wow, that guy's a good photographer. Like, that's, <laughs> not, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear, wait a minute. So you play golf. Yeah. See, I want to hear more of that stuff. I want to hear like, boy, that guy for a photographer, he, he, you know, you want to hear both. You want to hear both, man. That guy's a great photographer, but he can also play. Yeah. I want to, exactly. I, I don't want to be like, all right, well, cute. Where'd you get the clubs? Uh, Yeah. I want that. I want that. That's funny. But, uh, you, um, you have successfully survived the gauntlet of the back of the range. Uh, congrats. I, uh, slightly easier than what coach small puts you through. Um, fantastic spring thus far. Keep it going. Enjoy uh, the rest of your collegiate career. Look forward to seeing you guys out to, at Greyhawk, and I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on here, and um, glad we could catch up. And there you have it. Special thanks to Tommy Cool for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everything you need to know about the back of the range is at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.